Estate planning is critical for the orderly passing on of one's wealth from one generation to the next. Within that, the will serves as a critical instrument which articulates the wishes of the deceased. Given the complexity of this area of law, having the assistance of professionals to guide one through the process is essential and apparently it's not just in the preserve of the rich. Well, to discuss some of the issues, I'm joined on the line by Albert Kutsir. He's the co-head of sales at the 91 Investment Platform. Thanks very much for joining us, Albert. Now, what are some of the issues around financial planning in relation to death, which has become even more topical with the pandemic? Um, I think if you hello, Nompu, thank you for the opportunity. Um, I think in death in general, uh, it's um, when um, a client passed away and death is death, is to look at um, the knowledge of the spouse inheriting from the from the from the from the husband, for example, yes. um, the liquidity. I think taking the COVID into account at the moment is the offices, like for example, the master's office. Everything is slower because of the increase of the deaths and also because of the various other pressures these offices have to face. So I think um, for me, one of the most important points currently is to make sure that there's liquidity on death um, costs. Uh, COVID or not, I think on death in general, um, cost is important. And cost can be divided into costs like estate duty, capital gains tax, but uh, also, um, for example, um, executor's fees. Yes. Um, yeah, so, and then also, yeah, this, so if I think quickly, those are immediate sort of like things to look at when, when, when an investor, for example, passed away. Yeah. So we see a trend where parents are now living longer and in some instances their children are more financially dependent on them for a longer period because of, you know, the cost of living and so on and so forth. Maybe they're in university for a long time and so on. How should people structure their estates in that regard? I think people, a very good point, Nomfu, uh, people need to be, uh, I'm not saying they're not, but uh, if you ask me, I think people need to be almost more aware that when the father, the mother passed away, that they uh, can be. So first of all, they need to look as to see if they can get independent financial advice early at the early stage mm. and not leave it for too late. Um, and also to see wherever they can to structure the investments in such a way to minimize costs and, for example, taxes, because there are there are structures out there, there are products out there. Uh, which we recently touched on at the 91 Investment Platform Masterclasses to make advisors, when they deal with in clients, aware of certain structures or uh, products, for example, where they can limit, uh, for example, cost and taxes. But also, again, back to my initial point, liquidity. But I think also very important, Nompu, is um, education yes. and also communication. I think especially if you look at um, international um, research, for example, uh, quite a big percentage of an ad- client's advisor today, the advisor is not the advisor of the beneficiary. So a various components, communication from the investor to the spouse to the children mm-hmm. and also communication and education between the advisor and the client and the advisor and the beneficiary to keep keep that link because I think when a beneficiary inherit from the parents, apart from inheriting investments or wealth, the beneficiary also inherit a responsibility mm-hmm. 
to to be able to look after that investment also during his lifetime, during her lifetime, but also for to preserve it for the benefit for their children. Yeah. Now, it's obviously important, as you've mentioned, to have the expertise of a professional to assist in estate planning. What are the costs involved? I mean, is this really just a service that's in the preserve of just the rich or can ordinary folk afford it? Um, ordinary folk can also um, afford it. I would say any person, in my view, uh, sometimes you find, um, as I, when I speak to end clients, end client is almost excited by the fact that uh, what is the investment or instrument performing mm-hmm. and not looking at the state stuff for the cost around the fact when you die. Uh, if you look, for example, sometimes an investment can perform well, but if it's not structured correctly, that all those costs on death can almost negate everything or all the performances that he or she has achieved in the investment. So cost, for example, is, first of all, the advisor. The advisor, I would highly recommend the client, um, the spouse, as I mentioned earlier, the children, meet with an independent, fund by, an independent financial advisor to assist and educate the family grouping. Yes. But at the same time, the advisor needs to help and assist to structuring that investment um, to try to negate or decrease or lessen uh, the cost and the taxes um, on death. But again, do not, especially in COVID, and for me personally, it was quite an eye-opener. Um, you can look at uh, costs, you can look at advisor, you can look at also taxes which you save uh, on death, but do not forget liquidity on death. Hmm. Because without liquidity, you can leave the spouse or the children destitute if they especially dependent on you for liquidity during your lifetime. Yeah. You touched on um, an estate being passed on to from one generation to another and the responsibility of that new generation to hold on to that wealth properly for the next one, their children. What are some of the challenges when it comes to intergenerational financial planning? Um, very good question. Again, uh, if you look at some research, we sort of like international research, which, which, we, which we gather or which we saw, is that you find sometimes that the, and that's maybe, as I wouldn't say it's the bordering on arrogant, but I find sometimes the beneficiary, um, as I said, we looked at, for example, what is, what is important to a beneficiary when they inherit? And according to some international research, it's performance, it is technology, it is the fact that it's my life, it's my parents' financial advisor in the same life cycle than me, for example. Don't underestimate the value an advisor can add. So I think sometimes when a beneficiary inherits, they look at these certain components, which is maybe right or wrong. I can't say it's wrong, but do not underestimate the other types of value regarding the structuring of the investment, which the advisor have done for the parents, which um, can carry over to the beneficiary, um, which in many cases, if you look at some of the 91 products, the beneficiary can inherit a 100% liquid investment, a matured investment, a well priced investment and also because they were beneficiaries nominated for example on the forms or the application forms it means it didn't go via the wall didn't go have to pay executors fees didn't get the master involved so the beneficiaries inherited a very well priced from a cost point of view on death yes but my question always is does is the beneficiary aware of it yeah and tell us about where trusts come into it because i think you've to a certain extent you've described them Trust is a good point. Um, trust is sometimes uh, topical because there's uh, sort of like if I'm during my lifetime, how do I get money from my own name into a trust? Um, you can loan it. And then there's sort of this new section, section 7C regarding the, the interest and the, how do I, what sort of the loan agreement between me and the trust? Why well, can donate it? 
meaning like I pay donations tax. But interesting, if, for example, um, I have um, two children and I die and I maybe feel my children are not financially educated or not sort of astute enough or vulnerable, my spouse is vulnerable, yes. don't underestimate a trust that can inherit from me. So sometimes I think people think only my spouse can inherit from me or my children can inherit from me, but a trust can also inherit from you. And I think the big benefits from a trust inheriting from me, there's no loan account. There's nothing I owe between me and the trust, seeing that the trust inherited it from me. If, for example, I think in a loud year, if my spouse, for example, have dementia, um, so I would be very worried if I die, who would look after my spouse? That's right. Now, if the trust or testamentary trust, for example, will inherit from me, the trust or the trustees can, for example, look after my spouse. So I think especially on death, the trust in general is topical, but I think especially on death, um, a trust can also inherit from a investor. Right. And then what about the complications that come around um, with not necessarily, well, an estate that has over, you know, offshore investments. You know, you've got offshore investments, but there's not necessarily a will in that jurisdiction that speaks to that. How complicated does that get and what needs to be done to not make it complicated? Good question again, Anompu. Offshore investments, it's as I can sort of classify it in two categories. If I take an offshore investments, I mean with me taking out my allowances every year. So the money is physically overseas. So I can classify that sort of in two categories. When I die, normally you would look at the South African will. But currently what you find is when you look at the will on my death is that you need to have the master involved. You need to have the executor involved. And very often it is a capital gain event on death. Uh, it's deemed disposal before I die, mm. unless my spouse inherits from me. So that's the one section. And normally you look after the South African will. It's fine. It takes longer. It's slower. Um, and then normally the beneficiary can keep the investment overseas. But there's also structures which I'm quite pro on, where, for example, the, adv- the investor nominates the beneficiary on the application form the day the beneficiary does the investment. The benefit of that, though, is that it's form- it's, even though it's, form- it's a part of the investor deceased estate, there's no capital gain touch with on death, there's no executive fee on death, and very important, the investment flow over immediately to the beneficiary. And offshore, there's also two additional components which you don't find in South Africa, which we call probate, mm-hmm. meaning the overseas dealing, the executor dealing with my investment. And normally when you nominate the beneficiary on the application form, probate is not applicable. And normally when you invest in shares offshore, it's another thing is overseas inheritance tax, which we call CITES tax. You can also exclude that. Again, sitting with an independent advisor, facing all these sort of things out there and challenges out there, cost and taxes out there. Mm-hmm. If you structure investment correct, you can actually save a lot of those things on death. That was Albert Kutzier. He's the co-head of sales at the 91 Investment Platform.